Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 from the streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the merc he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned and now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in america he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Now, I think we've all heard enough of Cong- Congresswoman face of a camel's ass, Tali. Right? I mean, I, it's, she's been the talk for days. I personally like my nickname the best. And after all, when she goes to the proctologist, he sticks his finger in her mouth. I really don't care about her. But one thing I'll say about that Congress birthing person, I want to meet that caballero who knocks her up. However, one thing I'll say about she represents her people. Oh, yes, she does. Because her district, they like all that Ali Ali oxen free, Aloha snack bar. They can't get enough of that. They want their women to walk around in, in the beekeeper costume. They, they're all down with the Palestinians. and So she's doing a fine job. In Illinois, not so much. Not so much at all. And it's been that pattern for decades. The reason you're in that predicament is because the people you wanted to represent you stabbed you in the back or were too stupid to understand their principles. Now, this congressman... I have to admit, I, I don't really know about him. I mean, I know he exists. I remember in the Illinois State House when he did the let my people go and threw a tantrum like a fat little kid who lost his ice cream cone. I believe his name is Michael Boast. So you got three, right? You got LaHood, who, even though he's mediocre at best, he's still way better than his father, whose greatest political achievement isn't being the transportation secretary for Obama. But 10 cents per gallon in Illinois in perpetuity is because of LaHood, the first LaHood. The second one... I'm indifferent on. And then you got Miller. There's three. Three Illinois Republican congressmen. The Fed. I'm not going to count the state because you could flush the state. And it's interesting when you, when you realize how long we've been sending people to very important positions in our republic that have no fracking idea what it is. Now, here's Michael Boast, pretty much from what I understand, physically threatening Gates, which is kind of funny because Michael Boast is a fat kid. Get his ass kicked by Gates. Oh, yeah, I think his, uh, his passions are a little inflamed. I think he's working through the stages of grief and might be a great part. Did Congressman Boss lunch at you as well? Did Congressman Boss lunch at you as well? Uh, I, uh, you know, I think he was pretty animated. I don't know if I would describe it as a lunch. What did you say that caused McCarthy to yell at you? I don't know. I said that I thought that uh, having Speaker Light was a bad idea. I think Republicans ought to stay in uh, our conference until we elect a Speaker. I think we got a lot of great folks. I'm supporting Jim Jordan. Uh, that'll be how it goes. So you don't support any resolution telling McHenry for now? I don't. And there should be no resolution. You sit there and for once in your miserable fracking existence, do your fracking job instead of going home and raise money. 
which seems to be all this Michael Boast is good at. He's been in, in politics, from what I can see, from 2013 to now. He raised $11.4 million and spent $10 million. Ooh, another genius. And what did you accomplish? What they like is the pay-to-play system that was in place with McCarthy. What they don't understand, and what people forget, the most important politician is our Congress. The president can always be lost to a whore, traitor like Joe Biden. They can always steal one office. The structure of our government is not to give a rubber stamp to the agenda of a corrupt person or party. It's to have this grind. Why is it they don't, for, they don't talk about this? So all of these political whores that want to fast track a solution, they want to go home and raise money in the way Adam Kinzinger did and the, and the moron short in the pants Joe Walsh who used to be behind this microphone. Traitors to your principles and ideology who raised money telling you they were going to stick up for your principles and bring America back to a point. And they did nothing but stab you in the back and enrich themselves the dirty whores they are. And from the looks of it, that's what this idiot wants to do. And by the way, you better, you better be careful who you lunch to, fatso. You'll get your ass kicked real, real fast. In the meantime, what you have here is an, a lack of understanding of what their job is. And their job certainly isn't to take and seek the opinion or approval of the whores of the Democrat mafia. You see, that party wallows in its corruption. The people who support it are the welfare roaches, whether they wear Brooks Brothers suits on Wall Street or they're bums and bust-out drug addicts on, on Skid Row. That's who supports the Democrat mafia. The ones who are smart enough to know it's a mafia and the ones who are just too stupid and want to live so- something for nothing. Now on the minibus. Over the course of this week, I've worked closely with Democratic and Republican appropriators to move forward on the bipartisan Senate appropriations process. We've made a lot of progress this week, trying to reach an agreement on amendments. We're getting close to an agreement, but we're not there yet. So we'll keep- Everything that the Republican Congress passed after it took the majority, everything, this smarmy, sleazy, corporatist whore whose kids, both lobbyists, this lowlife squashed. So this idea that he wants, I wish they'd just get their act together. They need a speaker so we can get things done. This is the greatest blessing to the citizens of this country ever. Now, the way that they're going to fast track it, and guys like Boast and, and Republican morons that don't want Jordan to go in, they're happy with continuing resolutions because they raise money pretending to, to fight the Leviathan the whole time being an asset to it. So this is, to me, this is where we are in the sand. And if we don't get somebody who wants to break the corporatism, break the money, break the idea that some bust-out moron congressman can raise $11.4 million, claim he spent $10.6 million and nobody does an investigation into his personal assets. And in the meantime, we continue the answer is to keep funding these scallywags? Because I didn't hear this idiot's name. He's been in politics for, for 10 years. What the hell you been doing? Hey, dummy. What have you been doing? Aside from challenging the one guy who wants to break the John Boehner corporatist hold on our government and threatening him physically, where have you been, fatso? At the buffet? In the meantime, was he out speaking about the foreign policy boondoggles? Was he out fighting the spend? Was he out questioning, questioning the bureaucrats who are lying and cheating and stealing and raping the pillage, the, the people? They're pillaging our government, and they're all making their, their money themselves. In fact, you know, I've come to realize we have about 8 to 10, that's it, 8 to 10 out of the Republican morons 
Eight to ten who are decent people who understand it. I believe Matt Gates is one. And do you know why that, that infuriates the rest of them? You see, that kid doesn't take money from PACs. He doesn't take money from the GOP. He takes money from people, and he doesn't need the money. His father made a tremendous amount of money. He doesn't need the money. These guys were bust-outs their whole life, like Chuck Schumer. Couldn't practice law. Minute he gets in government, next thing you know, we don't know how many hundreds of millions he's worth. But one of the good guys is not a congressman, he's a senator. And he did something today that I doubt many people are going to cover, because what he did is not just expose how corrupt Democrats are. We all know that. We're from Chicago. You think Daly ever made a dollar in his miserable life, the stupid son of a dog that he was? Any of these other Democrats that sold powers, sold pensions? Come on, you know how the game works in the sewer of Chicago, and you know how it works in Crook County, and now, unfortunately, Illinois. In the meantime, what Josh Hawley did today should be an example of what every Republican you ever support in the future, you, with your money or your attention, they have to stand for something. Otherwise, they'll be like the Illinois Republicans who bow for everything. Mr. Shaw, can I just follow up? I I didn't understand your answer to the ranking member or to the chairman. Did did you say, so you do attend dinners with industry leaders where they pay to see you speak? Now this is Mr. Yagar. Yagar. Now I want you to understand why they want the bureaucracy to continue to grow. You never hear this rat's name. But if you operate in in the sphere of business, if you need a loan, You have to bribe him, like the Soviet Union, like Havana, Cuba, like Palestine. You have to bribe the government official in order to operate. And they found all interesting ways to get bribed and then claim ignorance. I wonder, was Congressman Michael Boast, is he outraged about this or does he wish he was in on it? A yes or a no, I didn't I didn't hear. No, I I attend many, many events, some of which. I'm invited to speak at work. And they don't pay. They don't pay. And many, many don't pay. And some are like paid conferences and others. But one of the things. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, wait. That, that was a yes and a no. So let's just go back. Do, do you attend events where people pay to see you I speak? I have attended where people pay to attend the event. Do you think that's a good idea? I think it's important for us to. Uh, to meet potential applicants, American innovators and entrepreneurs who want to scale up their technology. Applicants for loan programs? Applicants for uh, DOE funding. Wait, oh, wait a minute. Department of Energy funding. They have to pay to watch this whore speak. He gets a cut of the, t- of, of the door. Like he was, uh, what's the girl that dances with all the kids in Chicago? What's her name? Taylor Swift. He's Taylor Swift. Of the Department of Energy. He gets a piece of the ticket sales, this crooked bastard, right in front of everybody's eyes. Listen to how smarmy he answers. Wait a minute. You, th- you think it's a good idea to go to events where people are trying to get federal money and they're paying to see you? They're not paying to see me. I thought you just said you spoke at events where people paid. Not to see me. I mean, I'm, I'm not that important. <laughs> You're the... <laughs> Isn't it funny? Isn't this kind of open corruption with this smarmy son of a dog? Isn't it funny that we've devolved into the Soviet Union? <laughs> wow. You learn new things every day. You, you are... You, what, what's, what's your title? You're the, the director, director of what? Of the Loan Programs Office. You're the director of the Loan Programs for the Federal Government Department of Energy. People are who want to get loans from the government are paying to see you, and you think that that's fine? 
That's not a rhetorical question. I think I've answered that, that I go to many conferences and events. I've had hundreds of stakeholder events. The goal is... Yeah. You ever wake up in the back seat with your underwear stuck in your mouth? Because you sound like you do. To get people You're going to, to events where people are paying to see you who want money from the government. You're the director of the loan program. You, do you, you think that that's okay? You don't, you don't see any conflict of interest with that? And the only thing that can change this is somebody holding the gavel who wants to break it apart. Because Kevin McCarthy was just mad that this guy wasn't a Republican. John Boehner wants to be that guy. Paul Ryan aspired to be that guy. And all of these other ones that all learned how to navigate this, this legal bribery called campaign contributions and being paid to speak at events. Remember when Bill Clinton, what's a $500,000 speech look like? It doesn't look like anything. It's just open and notorious corruption. And what we should be relishing in is that for the longest time in years, this government hasn't been able to continue to destroy and bankrupt us. You have to learn how to appreciate what the government, why it was made this way, why Congress is more important than the presidency. What do you think is the reason that America is such a free country? What is it in, in our Constitution that, that, that makes us what we are? And I guarantee you that the response I will get, and you will get this from almost any American, including the woman that he was talking to at the supermarket, the answer would be freedom of speech, freedom of the press, no unreasonable searches and seizures. No quartering of troops in hope. Those marvelous provisions of the Bill of Rights. But then I tell them, if, if you think that a Bill of Rights is what sets us My apart, own. you're crazy. Every banana republic in the world has a Bill of Rights. Every president for life has a Bill of Rights. <laughs> the Bill of Rights of the, of the former evil empire, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, was much better than ours. I mean it literally. It was much better. We guarantee freedom of speech and of the press. Big deal. They guaranteed freedom of the speech of the press, of street demonstrations and protests. And anyone who is, who is caught trying to suppress criticism of the government will be called to account. Whoa, that, that is wonderful stuff. Of course. Just words on paper. What, what our framers would have called a parchment guarantee. And the reason is that the real constitution of the Soviet Union, you think of the word constitution, it doesn't mean a bill, it means structure. Say a person has a sound constitution, has a sound structure. The real constitution of the Soviet Union, which is what our framers debated that, that, that whole summer in Philadelphia in 1787. They didn't talk about the Bill of Rights. That was an afterthought, wasn't it? That constitution of the Soviet Union did not prevent the centralization of power in one person or in one party. And when that happens, the game is over. The Bill of Rights is just what our framers would call a parchment guarantee. So the, the real key to uh, the distinctiveness of America is the structure of our government. One part of it, of course, is the independence of the judiciary. But there's, there's, there's a lot more. There are very few countries in the world, for example, that, that have a bicameral legislature. Oh, England has a House of Lords for the time being, but they, 
House of Lords has no substantial power. They can just make the Commons pass a bill a second time. France has a Senate. It's honorific. Italy has a Senate. It's honorific. Very few countries have two separate bodies in the legislature equally powerful. That's a lot of trouble, as you gentlemen doubtless know, to get the same language through two different bodies elected in a different fashion. Very few countries in the world have a a separately elected uh, chief executive. Sometimes I go to Europe to talk about separation of powers. And when I get there, I find that all I'm talking about is independence of the judiciary. Because the Europeans don't even try to divide the two political powers, the two political branches, the legislature and the chief executive. In all of the parliamentary countries, the chief executive is the creature of the legislature. There's never any disagreement between them and the, and, and the, the prime minister, as there is sometimes between you and the president. When, when there's a disagreement, they just kick him out. They have a no-confidence vote, a new election, and they get a prime minister who agrees with the legislature. And, uh, you know, the, the Europeans look at the system and they say, well, it passes one house, it doesn't pass the other house. Sometimes the other house is in the control of a different party. It passes both. And then this president who has a veto power vetoes it. And they look at this and they say, uh, it, is, it is gridlock. And, and I, I hear Americans saying this nowadays, and there's a lot of it going around. They, they talk about a dysfunctional government be, be because there's disagreement. And, 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 they, and the framers would have said, yes, that's exactly the way we set it up. All of the whores that tell you this is supposed to be fast and they're supposed to fast track everything, they're in on the scam. It's time to kick them out, too. And I don't care if they call themselves Republicans or not. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. What did McCarthy do? The Boehner boys. They gave a blank check to the most obvious, unfit asset of enemies foreign and domestic this country's ever had in any position of office. Any. And they rubber stamped all of the spending. The government extorts from us a record setting amount. Six trillion dollars. And it spends two point three trillion more. And the Republicans step and fetch. Why? Because they don't understand their role. They're absolute and total morons. Not as stupid as the Democrats, but right up next, next to them. And what difference does it make if they're not willing to actually do something? You see, we've allowed them to all become millionaires because they rape us through the policies, the legalized bribery that they have navigated for themselves. We, we wanted this to be power, uh, contradicting power, because the main... Uh, the main ill that beset us, as, as Hamilton said in, in The Federalist, when he talked about a separate Senate, he said, yes, it seems inconvenient, but inasmuch as the main ill that besets us is an excess of legislation, it won't be so bad. This is 1787. He didn't know what an excess of legislation was. <laughs> Has any of them that are sitting there on their fat asses raising money, that's why they all want to run home, have any of them... Brought up anything with Obamacare, anything with the tax code, anything. Advocated for flat tax across the board, anything. Because 
They need the scam. In fact, as I sit here right now, just the estate tax that they steal from people who pay taxes all of their lives and die, if they haven't organized themselves right just this year, is $31 billion. $31 billion from us. They're eyeing everything. And they have no intention of curbing their spending. None of them, except but a handful. That's why this shutdown that we're experiencing right now, this is the greatest thing to happen to us in years. Patrick Schomburg. Sean, that little audio clip of uh, Anton Scalia is the most important thing that you've ever played on your your program. (laughs) I love him too, man. I agree. I agree. That that should be required listening, not just for kids in school, but for everybody who ever votes. Before you vote, you should have to listen to that. First of all, the the idea, Patrick, that that, that what's going on right now are hearings where we have the evidence of bureaucrats in in the Department of Energy, at the head of the lending of the Department of Energy, getting getting bribes right now, bribing right now. And, 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 and the Republicans want to put in another dimwit who did nothing about this for a year and a half? He did nothing, McCarthy. It's sick. And if I could add one, one more thing. Absolutely. Not only, not only is power shared between the executive and the legislature and the, and the judiciary, but there's another level of checks and balances, and that's the states. States have power, too. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. Gridlock is good. When you don't have gridlock, you get things like the Patriot Act that are just pushed through in, in a matter of weeks. By Republicans, Patrick. By Republicans. It's time we reject Slow these is, people. If this, I'm Slow telling you right now, if Jordan is not in, it's over. I will work tirelessly to break the Republican Party. Thank you very much. Bill Harvard. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for you know, you were saying, I agree totally with you about these guys that... Uh, don't vote for Jordan. They should be all primary. Every yeah. single one of them. I couldn't agree with you more. First of all, I don't know why we don't primary him anyway. I mean it. Did, right. you, did, you have, did you have three terms? What'd you do for me? What'd you do? Did you do nothing? Get out. This idea we let them amass a fortune. I never heard of this kid. I never heard of this fat guy. What's his name? Michael Bost. Never heard of him. I, I remember when he, in Illinois, he was a state legislature. Let my people go. He made a big ass of himself, and he was supposed to inspire Republicans. This guy raised $11.4 million dollars. In 10 years? That seems like a lot of money to me. Doesn't it? A lot. Yeah. Yes. And what do you do with it? And then, and then, oh, you spent $10 million. On what? I never heard of you. Would you spend it on advertising? You know, it's all a big scam, brother. And, and we're going to have to have people who want to break it apart. And that's, you know, I'm not saying Jordan may be, may be, may be the, the worst guy, but he's something different. Go ahead. I want to say something about election, uh, about the election. In Georgia, they never talk about or show that clip of them pulling them ballots out from under the table and running them through after they kicked, illegally kicked everyone out of the, the room. Bill, so why, do you think I play the th- why do you think I play the thing about Fulton County? It's like Cook County, only their politicians cameras. don't spend so much time in the Forest Preserve. Thank you very much, Bill. I couldn't agree with you more. But there's a lot of things going on. You see, they're stealing in the open. I think given the extraordinary amount of improvements that we've made in our office based on our work with the Inspector General and the Herb Allison Report, et cetera, there, there is, I, I do not make a decision on who, whose applications are accepted in the loan program. But you don't think there's an appearance of a conflict of interest that people are paying to get access to you? I think that we, it, it would be a conflict of interest if people are paying to... Uh, to get access to me, but I don't. Okay. It is. 
and you're a crook and you should go to jail. But you won't because the DOJ is controlled by your mafia party. Right, Ferret Face Garland? Where's Garland? Okay, isn't that what they're doing when they, you, you speak at events people paid to get into? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, if, if they're not paying, that's fine. But I thought you just said a second ago they're paying. We do a lot of public events, whether it's, you know, and we are very transparent as part of this. Now, I'm guessing that the only people that would pay to see him want to see him flamingo dance like Birdcage because he sounds like one to me. Administration, every time I get a question, which I, you know, which is hard to answer, we we up, update our blog posts and make sure that everyone knows what we're doing. But the goal. Come on, squirrel. He's far more feminine than Congresswoman Camel's ass face. I'm going to be real with you all. Shut up. The goal of the loan programs office is to get as many people as possible to think that they can actually commercialize their technology. Well, what I think they think is that they can get access to you by paying to go to these dinners. I mean, listen, it may not be an ethics violation. It should be. But that's all you have to say. Who made the ethics rules? Oh, the guys who are perpetrating the crime? Boy, it's like Sicily, isn't it? By the way, did I hear a goat bell with that Rashida Tlaib? Can they, is that all they think about? Blowing stuff up and sex? Uh, Lloyd, Gary, Indiana. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Good. Hey, I wanted to, okay, I want to talk a little bit about uh, election interference. It seems everybody <laughs> forgot when Obama was in office, they took U.S. taxpayer dollars and tried to undermine the election in Israel against Benjamin Men- Yes, they did. They advertised for his opponent. They gave him advertising money. You go right ahead. That's what they are. They're Democrats. They lie. They cheat. And they steal. The good news is, the good news is they're so stupid. They don't think anybody's going to notice. They don't think anybody's going to notice. Something Obama did too was that Poland was supposed to get the Iron Dome like Israel has, and he canceled it because he said it would destabilize the area. Really? Yeah. I think that would have gave solidarity to the area. Well, things got a lot more dangerous when you started to give Ukrainians bazookas without arrows at the dangerous end as they fire in missiles into Poland, the morons. The Azovs were always stupid. In the meantime, speaking of stupid, how about Jesse Jackson's son? Jesse Jackson has another son who's a congressman, not the crook who went away for what was it called? Misappropriation of campaign funds, you know, lying, cheating and stealing. That was Jesse Jackson Jr. who had the wife that you knew. Beat the hell out of him at dessert almost every meal. This one's the uh, youngest son, and I believe his name is John. John Jackson. What's with the JJ? Today, a new effort to stop Texas Governor Greg Abbott from busing migrants and asylum seekers to sanctuary cities. Congressman Jonathan Jackson, who represents Chicago's South Side, wants the Justice Department and Homeland Security to investigate what he calls alien smuggling being carried out under the direction of Governor Abbott. You see, JJ doesn't know. The moron, moron, because he probably never read the Federalist paper. He has no idea what he's supposed to do. J.J. What J.J. doesn't know is that we, Illinois, nullified the law, you moron. So Texas, they have the immigration laws. So when the illegal comes in, where do you want to go? Oh, you want to go to sanctuary cities? Well, go by J.J., because those stupid son of a guns, they're going to give you money. And, and they're going to give you money at different places. So you could just say a different name, and you get a card with $2,000 on it. Here, you walk nine blocks away, you get a card with $2,000 on it there. You're going to love Chicago. It's full of morons, like they're congressmen. There's Republican Governor Abbott in Texas who is politically uh, exploiting and commercially manipulating this vulnerable population. No, you did that, stupid. You and your pappy and your moron brother. 
and practically everybody who's ever been the mayor of Chicago. It is important for families that are anxious. It is important for children and adolescents that are unsure because of Tuesday to understand that the city of Chicago is your home. You are always welcome in this city. Always. To be clear about what Chicago is, it always will be a sanctuary city. That's nine fingers. Mafia, I believe he's now part of the Yakuza in Japan. And here's Lori Lightfoot, who dressed a lot like Brandon Johnson, although I don't think she spent 6000 on the suits. She was getting her stuff off the rack, JCPenney. This is Christopher Puente's record. He's been arrested 13 times since 2006 for crimes ranging from burglary to forgery. And now we know he never should have been in the U.S. Oh, that's just the downside of sanctuary cities. Don't worry, she still sticks by it. He was first deported to Mexico in 2014. Five days later, he used a fake birth certificate to cross the border in Brownsville, Texas. He was caught, charged, and ordered to appear in court, but never did. And again, in 2017, a judge ordered him removed from the U.S., but he remained. And now, Immigration and Customs Enforcement is saying the sexual assault could have been prevented if Chicago wasn't a sanctuary city. And that- oh, downside. Now, 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 do you think that J.J.? J.J., you're starting to learn what the definition of sanctuary is, you moron. Sending these uh, asylum seekers outside of the normal immigration processing channel in a letter to the attorney general and secretary he's arguing against the sanctuary city this is why shut up shut up and pay the cost for being stupid and corrupt 312-642-5600 he's sean thompson hello mr thompson and this is the sean thompson show on am 560 the answer I like that, J.J., a lot better than this moron, J.J. But to hear J.J. go on is, is classic, Squirrel. Listen to this. Of Homeland Security, Jackson writes, Simply put, the migrant crisis in Chicago and other Democratic-led sanctuary cities is a man-made crisis manufactured by the illegal actions of Governor Abbott. He continues, Governor Abbott's actions are illegal, xenophobic, inhumane, and un-American. He's committing the federal offense of alien smuggling, domestic transporting, harboring, conspiracy, aiding, and abetting. For more than a year... He's got a litany of stuff. It's lewd, lascivious, salacious, outrageous. He's got chocolate, <laughs> peanuts, nougat. It's delicious. It's Outstanding. My vacation was restful, resplendent, magnificent. That's the problem. Unfathomable, improbable. I am shocked and chagrined. Mortified and stupefied. <laughs> it's outrageous, egregious, preposterous. It's definitely preposterous. Eduardo, Tampa Bay. Thank you, Sean, for covering that. You know, Mr. Jackson's father is an expert about breaking the law. But there's this. Lady- did he ever get caught up with the alimony with the California waitress? I, I, did he ever get caught up with the alimony the, the kitty abandoned? I can't remember or not. The Reverend of Perpetual Tax Evasion, Jackson Jackson. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say. So there's some lady here gets on uh, the local news here in Tampa, Florida, right behind Care, the, another front group. Please bring my children back from uh, Gaza. This is how they're going to get behind the goal, crying to the media for help. Well, I think we should have an investigation into the billions upon billions that we've given and the, the rest of the world has given so that they could, you know, build the sewer as they stole the pipes out and used it as rocket fodder. 
and uh, blew up their own hospital, which they really didn't blow up. Did you hear the latest? You know what, Wardo? They might not have even hit the actual hospital. So they lied about the whole fracking thing. You know why? They're like Democrats. They lie, they cheat, and they steal. That's the platform of all Democrats across the world. Mike in New Lenox. Hey, Sean, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the Chicago area for the last two weeks, I've been left to my own accord with my doctors to find my medicine uh, and track them down because there's a shortage. Brother, you you closed all the pharmacies and the Walmarts that left. You closed how many Walgreens and CVSs? It's like the people in the West Coast. Look at what Rite Aid, Rite Aid, 2,200 stores. Yeah, you know, this is what you do. You turn these areas into ghettos. They're ghettos. There's no medicine, though. There's manufacturing... I have to call from pharmacy to pharmacy to see if it's on hand. It's it's delayed, and they don't know when they're going to start manufacturing again. I am no, not my, joking. My, my thing to you is I would go online, and I would see if this is a problem that states that are not run by Democrat mafias have, because something tells me it, it would be easier in a, in a well-run state. you yeah. got to look it up. It's on the Internet. Look up right. drug shortage in the United States of America. I will, Mike. Thank you very much, brother. Good luck to you, really. Tragedy. George in Naperville. Sean, when Biden gives his address tonight, will he demand Hamas get the name George Floyd out of their mouths? They're using that name to gain sympathy from simpletons. Yeah, my question is, I wonder if they're going to use one of those astronaut diapers. Remember when the girl drove across country to kill her boyfriend? She had the astronaut diaper in. She drove from New York to California. He's going to need one of those if the speech goes long today. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Splendid. Sean, what I wanted to say is you got Pelosi, you got the squad, Jeffries, you got uh, Raskin and Nadler and Swalwell and Hoyer, and and, uh, that's just part of the 149 Democrats who did not vote to condemn uh, Hamas and uh, Iran. And not only that, you got Tlaib, who's going to be one of the best-selling scary masks for Halloween. Yes, uh, and that's if she's uh, smiling. Did you see the cry yeah. face? Oh, that's that's like yeah, Jason. That's that, that's uh, Halloween thirteen and all that nonsense. That's bad stuff when she cries. Threatening, <laughs> threatening the president uh, that yeah. people are not going to forget him yeah. backing uh, Israel. When she cries, yeah. it looks like a camel with Montezuma's revenge. Uh, Craig, am I great? What? Hey, Sean. Thanks yeah. for taking my call. Sure. Appreciate it. Hey, you remember it was just recently, just when uh, when uh, things were happening in that, and there was a reporter who followed that. Uh, Rat Schiff Talib over to her office, asked her about seven times if she had anything to say about all that barbarism from the thing. She had no comment. She didn't say nothing. Dude, dude, but then, dude. What- she's doing what she's supposed to do. She's representing her district. That is how the people in her district feel. She's a far better representative to her constituents than any Illinois Republican has ever been to the principles of the Illinois Republican citizen. It's not even close. So to complain about Tlaib, that's low-hanging fruit. Listen, every other show is going to do that. I don't give a rip about that dog-faced pony soldier, to quote Joe Biden. I don't give a rip. What I want to do is change the the trajectory. We're going to make it dent, and we're going to make it from our side because we're going to have to start tearing down the Republicans. This is time to break the duopoly of corruption because to pretend there's a good guy in this fight and you name the, the, the Democrats scallywags, were the Republicans upset by what Josh Hawley found today? I have, Senator. So that includes, sadly, the, the Secretary of Energy, who testified 
right there to this committee in response to questions from me that she didn't own any individual stocks. I asked her three times in April, do you own individual stocks? Three times. She said, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Two months later, she wrote the chairman and said, actually, I did. How many Republicans own the same stocks? How many Tea Party Republicans? I bet you all that want Kevin McCarthy back, they all own the same stocks. I'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest is not just an author, as if that wasn't impressive enough. He is an author of a very good book. He's also a Shillman Journalism Fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center, but he's an investigative journalist who has been writing for years on what is often referred to as the radical left. On my show, it's called the Marxist Mafia. Specifically, ties with the Islamic terrorists at Front Page Magazine. He is Daniel Greenfield. Daniel, thank you so much for making time. I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Daniel, I just read uh, an article you had touched upon in JNS.org, and that is this myth that has been coming out since the, the, the atrocity of the 7th century barbarians, killing, murdering, raping, pillaging the people the Jewish people who were helping them at the weakest point uh, uh, in Israel. And that is that Israel funded Hamas. This is a bald-faced nonsense lie, is it not? It absolutely is. What did happen, unfortunately, was that under Obama, uh, Israel was not allowed to actually finish the job. We'll see if Biden lets Israel finish the job this time, which meant that every outbreak of Hamas violence ended in a truce. And the truce, unfortunately, did involve um, Qatar, which is a state sponsor of Hamas, being able to transfer money um, into Gaza, supposedly for humanitarian reasons. And there's been a lot of money going into Gaza. You know, right now, uh, Biden announced millions more in humanitarian aid. Germany is moving 50 million um, in, again, so-called humanitarian reasons. Uh, Israel unwisely traded quiet for allowing the money in back then. Uh, this was obviously a huge mistake, and uh, there'll be political consequences for that. But it was not Israel funding Hamas, rather, it was Israel basically buying quiet for a temporary period of time and agreeing to this truce and allowing money to be transferred into Gaza. Well, that's how Hamas works. It works as if a mafia. So you can live there, yes. but you're going to pay up. You can live there, but you're going to be extorted on a daily basis to live. And if they don't like how you follow the rules of the cult, they kill you. Has there ever been any numbers on how many so-called Palestinians that have been murdered by their own government, a terrorist organization called Hamas? Do we have numbers of how many homosexuals they murdered, how many adulterers they stoned to death, or women they beat because they dressed provocatively? I mean, this is something we've been ignoring for decades. But are there any numbers? Absolutely. Absolutely. We had numbers before You know, we created terror states for them. Once they became the governments of their own state, well... Unfortunately, we turned it over to them, which means they can do whatever they want. We have occasional photos and videos. You know, we've seen people dragged behind motorcycles in the street. And I mean, those fellow Arab Muslims, 
Um, we've seen executions, but we only know what Hamas tells us, and that's a huge problem. I had a, a, a woman born in Palestine call my show yesterday, but she didn't want to go on air, and I completely understand why. And she was upset, and she was crying, and she said she prays for Israel. This is not that uncommon. You have this intense minority that has destroyed the quality of life for decades. Why in the world has there not been an eradication of this cultism? I say this to you. I am not a religious person, Daniel. I'm not one of these people that have some sort of a religious allegiance. I don't. But what I can witness is absolute the rejection of civilization, the inability to grow intellectually to where they walk around, dress, make their women afraid of everything, make them wear the costumes. This, this cannot exist if this society, if humanity in, in general, is going to live in peace and harmony. You cannot have this group of barbarians that are willing to do the kind of damage they're willing to do. They don't want to grow, do they? No, they want to force everybody to live their way, and it's not just something that's going on in Israel. It's going on in Europe. It's going on in Asia. It's going on over here, right here in, uh, in the United States. We've had multiple terrorist plots, terrorist attacks, things like the recent attack in North Dakota. We just don't pay attention to them. The media does not pay attention to it, but it is absolutely an issue. We've brought over 100,000 people from Afghanistan. Uh, we've got people coming across the border, and this is something we're going to have to face uh, before too long. You know, Daniel, it's easy to be a moron in America because you were born into a country that has property rights over your person and is based in the rule of law of the individual. But how does it work in uh, in so-called Palestine? Do people own real estate? Are there real estate transactions? Is there a bundle of rights with your condominium or your house? How does the land situation work? Because I can't help but notice everybody loves the land. It's my grandfather's land. It's everybody's land. Do they have deeds and property rights there? So you mentioned the mafia a few minutes ago. That's a very good description. In theory, they have you know deeds and property transfers. The practical thing is that uh, Hamas leaders have a monopoly on whatever they want to have a monopoly on. If you want to run any kind of business, you have to pay money to them. If they decide that they want your house, they're going to take your house. So they're the ultimate law, whatever pieces of paper there are. Because there was a time in, in, in history when Jewish citizens bought the land from the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. What happened in that? How did it end? Well, today there's a death penalty, and, I, and I'm completely serious. There's a death penalty for um, any Arab Muslim who sells land to Jews. At uh, the same time, <laughs> uh, Jews actually, back in the day, bought the land, they developed the land, they took land that nobody else wanted. Uh, you go back to the 19th century, people like Mark Twain came there. Uh, they said there's really nothing there. There's nothing growing there. Uh, there's it's not there's, there's it's abandoned um jews came in they drained the swamps they um cultivated the land they put in a lot of uh, effort to actually develop the land and of course the moment that happened uh, they decided that this is their land that they want the land so the deed restriction is by religion you cannot have anybody who doesn't believe in your cult buy your property maybe that explains why the property value is so low but is that how it works there because my other solution is just buy them out just buy them out. Why don't we just raise enough money, give them the money, and get the hell out of there? They go to Afghanistan. Taliban has an entire country. But 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 the the reality is you're never going to be able to negotiate peace with somebody who doesn't want you to exist, who wants all of the world to revert back to that nonsense bulldung they call a religion, right? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And the problem with buying them out is we actually pay them more money for their terrorism than we could, you know, pay them to not commit terrorism. 2022, last year, Biden went, he met with Abbas, who's the leader of the other terror group, and he told them that we transferred a half a billion dollars in humanitarian aid in 2021. So they're making a whole lot more money than we could pay them to leave, just from foreign aid. And in that vein, and money is fungible, the money that has been given through aid, through charity, through whatever, is that the math trick that the propagandists who want to believe that both America and Israel funded and started Hamas. Is that the way in which they're doing it? Because I'm willing to criticize American foreign policy. For instance, the theocracy in Iran is our fault. There's no question about it, America. But what we have here is unique because Hamas is only 35 years old, isn't it? Um, well, Hamas is the Muslim Brotherhood, which goes back to 1920s Egypt. They were actually in part set up by Nazi Germany. They create little branches of themselves. Over the world, there are multiple Muslim Brotherhood operations uh, going in the United States. In some cases, when they have the power, they turn to terrorism. When they don't, they pretend to be political organizations. We've got uh, Muslim Brotherhood people who go into the White House, who meet with presidents and members of Congress. Uh, but uh, they, set up, they have multiple operations going in Israel, and one of those, they actually run for office. Um, their function as a political organization. In Gaza, where they have enough power, they are full-on terrorist groups. So it's you know, when they have enough power, then they actually show their true colors and they turn violent. When they don't have enough power, they function as a political organization. When this had happened, I had said flippantly, I don't know what the what the industry is, the, the driving economic industry in Palestine. What I do know is when Yasser Arafat died in Paris, he had $1.3 billion in his checking account, and his the country's GDP was $4 billion. What is the industry that uh, uh, Palestine delivers for humanity? What is it that they produce for the world? Uh, foreign aid and terrorism. There's an entire UN agency, UNRWA, that is just dedicated to servicing them. Uh, they are the biggest welfare recipients on the planet. There are tens of thousands of dollars per person being spent. Um, all their needs are taken care of by foreign aid. And there's a whole lot of money from terrorism. So Iran, um, the Saudis, others put in money, Qatar, put in money so that they can commit acts of terrorism. And between that, they've got a ton of money coming through, and they don't need any, any other exports. You know, there's no, you don't walk into your grocery and see anything made in Palestine. You don't walk into an electronics store and see things made in Palestine. It's terrorism and foreign aid. You know, Daniel, I think the problem is that, that, that arguably when they say that this is funded by America and it's funded by Israel, it's really funded by the world because we have no restrictions on the money. We have no restrictions on the behavior. And what you're dealing with are people who are openly bald-faced lying. You see the lie of the hospital attack. In fact, that hospital attack, we have the phone call now, thanks to the IDF, where they release the acknowledgement by the Hamas uh, barber, barber, uh, uh, barbarians, and they're talking that they think they misfired. Did they hit the hospital? Is anybody dead? Because I also heard the IDF colonel come on and say it looks like it hit the parking lot. What exactly is the truth of that story? Because that is being whipped up into the frenzy that's causing chaos here in America, only in Democrat areas, but you know what I mean. No. Well, they initially claimed, and the media repeated all these claims without checking them, that the rocket hit a hospital, um, that 500 to 700 people are dead. Uh, yes, it hit a parking lot. Um, currently, they're estimating between 10 and 50 people are dead. It was one of their own rockets that misfired. 
And the media ran with this lie. Uh, it did so absolutely shamelessly with no apologies, no retractions. Uh, they just took whatever Hamas told them and took Hamas at their word. And that's the problem, because a lot of these reporters are also operating in Gaza, which means if you operate in Gaza, you print, you publish, you film whatever Hamas tells you to. And this is something that I was shocked because the head of the EU went on within minutes and regurgitated the exact same lie, the exact same story. And this is something that, um, is there enough proper information and proper journalism to offset it in your opinion, or have we just fallen to the Third Reich level of propaganda during this new Fourth Reich? It's nonstop propaganda. There are fortunately people who actually do analysis. They look at these things. Uh, they crowdsource information because what you get from the media is just repeated directly. Um, it's just regurgitated. So every time they quote casualty figures from the Gaza Ministry of Health. What's the Gaza Ministry of Health? It's Hamas. So they're just repeating whatever Hamas tells them. Hamas tells them 500 people are dead. They print, they film, they show 500 people are dead. Hamas tells them tomorrow 1,000 people are dead. They print the same thing. It's, there's no critical journalism there whatsoever. Uh, they're just repeating Hamas propaganda. I have to tell you what makes me really infuriated is to watch what, what we all saw. The young girls, the women, the babies, the insanity. And then you realize this is still going on. There was a story today of a doctor, and forgive me, I, I, I don't know the dialect, but uh, his name is Eaton Newman. He was a pediatrician at Soroka Hospital where he was treating people after the attack. He was called up. The first day he was killed, he leaves behind seven kids. The reality is the devastation that's done to people who are civilized, who are an asset to the community, who really are doctors. And, 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 and I mean, do we know how many Israelis have been killed since the initial attack? There's still rockets being fired. There's still people being killed. Um, I, there, I, don't, I don't have hard numbers, but it's, you know, they, Hamas produces numbers uh, in two seconds. But uh, it would yeah. appear that dozens of people have been killed since then. And they're still piecing together how many people were killed in the original attack. Forensics is going through charred bodies. They're, there's not, they're identifying people from DNA. The foreign policy of America is disgusting. Joe Biden's uh, incompetence is, is more than obvious. I don't think that he's going to be much of, of, of help at all. I mean, there may be weapons. In your opinion, does the Israeli government have the will to do what needs to be done and eradicate these, these terrorists from the earth? That's two problems. One is that previous administrations, particularly the Obama administration, shut down Israel every time they try to finish the job. I don't, I'm not optimistic that Biden is just going to stand by and uh, let Israel finish the job. The second thing is the Israeli government didn't really have the stomach to finish the job either because it's very bloody, ugly work because Hamas is going to hide behind civilians. They're going to invent uh, all these fake um, war crimes. They're going to claim that Children were killed here, old women were killed there, and the media is going to repeat it. But this time, the, what happened was just so horrifying, so evil, that I would hope that the Israeli government is actually going to do what it takes. Because the United States, uh, we failed to do what needed to be done after September 11th. Some of the other countries failed to do what needs to be done after a terrorist attack. I would hope that Israel actually sets an example of doing what needs to be done. Yeah, I'm wondering, do you think the intelligence has the whereabouts? Because it's like uh, Chicago, the oligarchs that destroy the quality of life, they really don't live in the area. And the reality is, like Yasser Arafat and so many other, the upper echelon oligarchs in the so-called Hamas, they really don't live in Palestine. Do you think the IDF knows where they are? Well, the Hamas leadership is currently in the high-end hotel, room, hotel rooms in Qatar. 
which is it's sponsoring a lot of this terrorism. They're living the high life. And unfortunately, yeah. Qatar treated as an ally of the United States. They have a U.S. naval base. Despite the fact that they're tied to Hamas, they're tied to Al-Qaeda, the mastermind of 911, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, was in Qatar. Uh, we, we asked them to turn him over. Instead, they tipped him off. He was on a government plane um, on his way off to Pakistan. So they're unfortunately a terrorist state, and they have half of Washington, D.C. bought up. I would hope yeah. that the IDF actually, um, that the Mossad goes in, takes them out, because this is just Me too. This is where the enemy is, har- is harboring. I hope the Ukrainian government officials don't get in the way. He is Daniel Greenfield. You can see him at frontpagemag.com or JNS News, where I find him. Is it JNS.org or .com? I can't remember. I believe it's .org. Daniel Greenfield, thank you for making time for me again. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. A lot of turmoil, tumult, if you will, going on. But it's the same thing we've been dealing with forever. You see, we have this group of morons in our human race that refuse to evolve. They walk around, they're, they're in a cult, and they want to kill, that, 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 blow each other up. Yes, stupid son of a dogs, yeah. We really are. Let's start right now with Jenna Barnes, who's live in the loop, and Jenna, supporters of Palestine are protesting the ongoing violence in Gaza, and they're on. The- well, how come they didn't protest the violence going on in Palestine between Hamas and homosexuals, or Hamas and anybody that didn't want to be part of the cult, beat their wife, make her dress up in that beekeeper costume? You don't want to do that, huh? Kevin, Cherry Valley. Kevin? From Melrose Park. How are you oh. doing, my friend? Good. How are you? <laughs> Hello? Yeah, good, you're there. Good, okay. good. Hey. Okay, great. Hey, I just wanted to say, as you and probably many of your listeners know, the Starbucks Workers Union released a statement saying that they are pro-Hamas and anti-Israel in all that they do. You know, Sean, the ironic part that I find is that if the purple-haired Muppet and Mafia that they are, if they went into the depths of the Middle East today... <laughs> yeah. um, protested as, as as they did, they would be thrown off of a building That's with a insane. resounding Aloha snack bar. Aloha snack bar. And you know something, Kevin? I I, I don't know. I, I, I told the story last time I was in Chicago. I went to a Starbucks by the studio through the drive-thru, and the little girl took my order, and when I got up there, she was standing there with her, it said on, on the apron, pronouns he, him, name Nick. And I, you know, I, and she got the coffee order wrong. And I said, well, Nick, you want to be one of the guys? Let's go in the parking lot. You get the coffee order wrong. I slapped the taste out of your mouth. You want to be a guy now? That's nothing compared to what Hamas would do to her. And this is something that, you know, this is the ignorance and entitlement that this country's given to generations. They have no idea what the principles are. No idea why they should be standing for principles and how brainwashed they are. So, you know, Nick, maybe, or I'm sorry, Kevin, maybe they'll be like the Chicago Democrats, and eventually they'll get all of the policies they support, they'll get the ramifications from them. Maybe. Hey, Sean, Sean. Because if Hamas comes here, guess who's going to be fine? Me. I'll be fine because I'll kick their ass every time I see them. Nick, on the other hand, who doesn't have a Schwansteiger, she's got problems. Go ahead. Hey, they should go with the bone frog every time. Forget the Starbucks. Kevin, did you try it? Because it's awesome. You know what, Kevin? I have on. not. Hey, I, I, I have not. And Squirrel was telling me there's a policy if you wait more than 30 minutes to take a phone call, you get a free bag. Is that true? Well, I don't know about the policy, but I'm going to give you a little uh, sampler. Uh, hang on, hang on. You're going to get a sampler. Eric Rolling Meadows. 
Hey, Sean, what's up, brother? Hey, it was a pleasure meeting you over at Chicago Prime Italian a few weeks back. It was oh, really nice thank to meet you. you but, My pleasure. Um, you know, these, these red diaper dover babies who are supporting Hamas and the reports that it's in the streets, they have, why can't they come out and condemn Hamas and say that and help the Palestinian people? Nobody's coming out and saying it. It's garbage. You know why? Because it's it, it, it's it's the same thing with the organized labor extortion mafias, the ones who pretend to be Marxists, the union labor hierarchy, and those people who are they just hate anything America. So it doesn't matter. They're not thinking about what Hamas is. The vast majority have no idea what it is. They have no idea of the actual history of this cult, this phony religion that was was created 622 years after the death of Christ, and claims they have all this knowledge because some illiterate in a cave spoke to an angel. I mean, this is what we're dealing with here. Garbage. You know, it's all garbage. So I really don't give a rip what they say. I think the greatest thing you could do for them, go ahead, give them the whole area. Give them the whole area. I, I, I wish we could say to, to, to the Jewish people, we got we at the middle of the country, nobody lives there. Come on, take the whole thing. You want to stay? Take it. We'll take Israel right here and let them all have the sphincter of the world. Thank you very much, Eric. I appreciate it. What is the main industry? Have you ever uh, 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 gone to a great Palestinian dentist, Squirrel? Because uh, by the looks of the video, I think that I don't think they have one there. Mark in Oakland. John, how are you, my friend? Splendid. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, hurry I was, up uh, because I got to talk to my Palestinian accountant. Gotcha. Got a lot of numbers world, to crunch. Go ahead. World Economic Forum yeah. is uh, wants you to eat bugs. There's a company by the name of Proltix BV, and they've partnered with the World Economic Forum. They're out of the Netherlands. I don't now, eat bugs, baby. I eat. Prime yeah, rib. but well, New now they're, they're partnering Perhaps with Tyson. Bone in. They're partnering with Tyson Chicken, and Tyson Chicken is going to build a, a manufacturing company over here in the states. And and the end goal is bugs. That's what they're going to be. Uh, do you know who that Tyson, idiot that runs Tyson Chicken? You know who 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 he, Bill Clinton's biggest Clinton. campaign donor was? Clinton. Clinton. He's yeah. connected with Clinton. Yeah. I know. And, yeah. and he he and like he, Frank Lutz. He built an imaginary Oval Office because he owned Bill Clinton. And the money they made through government policies and programs was unheard of. And that it's garbage terrible. chicken with the shot up with the stir right, come on. I wouldn't eat yeah, that stuff. Yeah. yeah, please. I feel yeah, about know, and I, don't like, I feel I don't about like, Tyson you know, chicken the way Muslims feel about a good BLT. Go ahead. I don't care how much ketchup you can put on bugs. I don't like it. I'm not eating bugs. You're nuts. The grandson of a butcher. Glenn Oakbrook. Yeah, hey, Sean. How are you doing? Splendid. So, uh, Sean, I think what we're uh, watching here is we're watching the children of darkness overtake the children of light. And, uh, you know, we're going to be at a country at war with no leader. Biden makes me very nervous. And I, I think what's going to happen is something bad is going to happen in this country because of these illegal people, and they're going to suspend the Bill of Rights. But I could be wrong. Oh, I mean, they've only done it a couple times in the past. I mean, don't forget, you're, you're living in a country who has already been through one suspension of rights and 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 launch the military on their people before so to think it can't happen again is a certain naivete i don't have but that's why i think it's crucially important glenn that you're in an area and you're surrounded by neighbors and people that have the same belief structure you have you know that's that's the difference and what happens when you live in these corrupt mafia hellholes is you're the target and uh, i feel bad for you because you're in oakbrook you've already been paying like the target anyway and you know it's funny this is not a religious argument to me None at all. has nothing to do with that. And I think when you do that, you fall into what the cult wants. You see, you're dealing with zealots. You're not going to reason with somebody who looks at his little girl and says, I don't want her to enjoy herself, so let's mutilate her. 
And I don't want anybody to look at my wife, so let me put her in a beekeeper costume. And if she shows her face or lifts her eyes and looks at somebody in the eye, we'll kill her. I'm not reasoning with this moron. Not going to reason with him. Not to mention, you've been living. Living. And what have you done? What do you do on your day? What exactly are you? Where's the great philosopher of Palestine? Where is it? I mean, he might be here. Because here you can live free. And I think all the people who've lived under Hamas, they are the true prisoners. And the genocide has been going on up until now. If you were a homosexual in Palestine, how do you think you lived? Just ask the people in Indonesia who welcomed them in and now have the uh, the Sharia law taking over the country, killing people. It's insanity. The whole fracking thing's insanity. But one of the greatest arguments was ironically made to me by an atheist. A woman who rejected all religion steadfastly till the day she died. This is in 1979. It's like uh, Jimmy Carter was doing jumping jacks. I think he still might be. I'd like to know your opinion on the United States' foreign policy and what is happening in the Middle East right now. Uh, right now, I'm not sure we know what's happening. I think that the United States' foreign policy has been disgraceful for years. For decades, I would say roughly since the New Deal, and in part even before that. But if you mean whose side should one be on, Israel or the Arabs, I would certainly say Israel because... Now listen to the reason. By the way, this is Phil Donahue, 1979, right here in Chicago. Ayn Rand and Phil Donahue being asked questions by Chicagoans, even though I'm sure you thought that was Edith Bunker. It wasn't. Because it's the advanced technological, civilized country amidst a group of almost totally primitive savages who have not changed for years and who are racist and who resent Israel because it's bringing industry and intelligence and modern technology into their stagnation. Into their stagnation. It's very important. 73 years. Look at it before the bombing. The bombing might have actually improved it. Look at what they did for 73 years. Sewer systems that were never improved. Even though charity was given, they ripped it out. They didn't want to live like civilized people. They don't want to now. And Phil Donahue, don't worry, he'll come to the, he'll come to the rescue of Hamas. You have objectivism. That's right. I just have one point that I think should be made, Ms. Rand, with time fleeting here. I'm, your characterization of uh, the situation in the Middle East came down rather gratuitously and in a, in a very uh, angry way on the Arabs and without discussing the merits of either side in a most complicated and painful collision of cultures and peoples in our, in our world. Why can't why couldn't the, uh, the men, the millions of men, women, and children who are Arab and who find themselves in this desperate conflict and look around wondering when, where peace will be, why can't they be angry with you for your characterization of them, your, your slap at them, your... By the way, notice how more articulate they were in 1979 than they are today, although the premise of his retort is exactly wrong. This isn't a clash of cultures. This is 7th century barbarism against civilization. But don't worry, Ayn Rand doesn't need my help. Roundhouse criticism of them when you don't seem to be able to tolerate a questioner who suggests that she disagrees with you. Characterization is 
you do not accept any any criticism unless you level it. No. I don't resort to terrorism. I don't go around murdering my opponents, innocent women and children. That is what I have against the Arabs. That takes the conflict out of the sphere of civilized conflict and makes it murderous. And anyone, private citizens, who resort to force is a monster. And that's what makes me... Boy, is she talking about Palestine or is she talking about the south side of Chicago? That's a tough one. Chuck Dullivan. Hey, uh, I was never a big Phil Donahue fan. I was always busy watching Jerry Springsteen. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm hanging my hat hat on the fact that I got 800,000 people in the state of Wisconsin to try to go out, and when it's minus 17 uh, with a polar vortex and shoot a deer, and then if you add up Illinois... Indiana and Michigan, we're the fifth largest army in the world. So anybody that's in Illinois that's worried right now, don't worry about these idiots, what they're going to try to do to us. Nobody's uh-huh. going to come here. Nobody's going to bother us. But I'm not worried about that. I, I just don't like that Gore-Tex jacket. It's too puffy for me. I like walking around in shorts. Yeah, all right. I didn't think you had a retort. Anthony, parts unknown. Hey, Sean. Great show. Great show. But like I said, I have to disagree with you on some of the things. Um, um, everybody's talking about Let's you know, get, Israel. Anthony, I want to hear. Anthony, I want to hear what you have to say. But you're on some sort of a uh, computer line. In the meantime, let's effort to get Anthony's line cleared up. But in, and we're going to talk to somebody you're going to want to talk to because we are pushing back in a very civilized way, using our heads, our money, and our minds. And we'll do that right when we get back. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. Chuck Barham, freedomsquare.com. You know where you'd have a hard time selling Freedom Square? Under Hamas. They're not big on freedom, and they don't like when people circumvent their terror. So, you know, we, we should take advantage of it while we can here. But I think you'd look good in Gore-Tex and a pair of shorts down there on the beach. I'm just going to say it. Why not? Why not? You know, I got to tell you, I love how it's growing. And not just because you had me as a guest on the show, because I loved it. But I love how it's growing. I love the idea that this is now a platform for video. It's a platform for podcasts. It's a platform for news. And I'm wondering, did you see a massive uptick in news stories as the uh, so-called mainstream media propagandized Hamas? Well, what we saw were people in disbelief in that the media, and they really shouldn't be in disbelief because the media has been corrupt for the last couple of decades, but just the way the propaganda machine got ramped up within the last two weeks. Uh, you can log in at freedomsquare.com, and I encourage you to do so. And we had one of our largest weeks uh, last week, and we think it's due to people starting to really grasp what we're building at freedomsquare.com. We had our largest uptick in new users, our largest uptick in app downloads in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. And what you're seeing, Sean, is you're seeing people finally maybe waking back up again and saying, look, we have a new place that we can get great information from and we can make our own decisions instead of watching the sheep out in the public be spoon-fed. And that's what's coming back around. But but you're right, Sean. It's it's atrocious to what the media did, especially with the alleged hospital bombing that turned out to be a parking lot. The stories we had on Freedom Square were already debunking that within about five minutes of the mainstream media talking about it. 
So I encourage you to download the app and get inside of freedomsquare.com. Now, I, you know, I haven't talked to you since we did the show, but I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to guess that we set all time records with uh, mine and your conversation. Am I correct? Uh, it's unbelievable, Sean. It's like uh, Nielsen didn't know how to put it on their barometer. It threw it off uh, so much to the high side that they're reevaluating how they're calibrating uh, viewership on the streams now. So now I'm giving to you. I'm giving to Freedom Square. My idea, I want you to create the page. I did not... Vote for the dimwit in diapers.com. And this way, you could, during the election cycle, you go and you register your name, where you vote, where you live, and you just go on there so we can audit at least the people that did not vote for the dimwit in diapers. I know he's going to win the cemetery. He's going to win the organized labor extortion mafias called unions. They'll vote for anything as long as they get a contract. He's going to win all the people on welfare, corporate, or just paying the rent. But at least we'll have a venue to where good people can go and say, look, we're a part of Freedom Square. We only support freedom with our money, our mind, and our vote. And we did not vote for Joe Biden. Is that something you'd be interested in? It's something I'd be very interested in, Sean. We should talk about that off air. Yeah, the the I's dotted and the T's crossed. I and I think I, there's, there's a there there with that. But, but you can make your voice be heard right now inside of Freedom Square. And I, I know I've kept talking about it how the personal profiles are coming. I can tell you this much. We talked to our development team uh, this morning. They're getting ready to refresh the app inside of the Apple Store, Apple App Store and the Google Play Store to where probably within the next 72, maybe 100 hours from now, you'll be able to go in and create your own personal profile and start talking and connecting with patriots just like you would. As our, as our CEO founder, Tom, always says, you want to see how your family's doing? Go on Facebook. You want to see how your country's doing? Come to Freedom Square. And that's coming down the line in probably the next three to four days, Sean. Crack crack the whip on the eggheads. Just tell them, get it done. You want me to call them? Let me know. In the meantime, freedomsquare.com. We want to get it it done right. We want to get it done correctly. We've been in beta since March. uh, And now we're starting to populate America's Chamber of Freedom with our good partner, Job Creators Network. And that had its largest week last week, too, with new uh, businesses uh, getting inside of there. So if you want to spend money with patriots and connect with patriots, freedomsquare.com that's the place to be and sean i cannot wait to have you back on our tv show inside the square in the next couple weeks bud me either chuck barham thank you for everything brother i love that you're putting up the fight like with the rest of the warriors at freedom square square thank you very much thank you sir be well you too we'll be back with your calls and comments am 560 the answer By the way, uh, you know, as I'm reflecting on all of the Republicans that demand we give the scavel to a Boehner boy, how many of them really understand what exactly is happening with the control of our money and the idea that these inside trading front-running morons called the Fed haven't decided if they're going to release the flow of money to the ordinary American like me and you. Along with many other factors, actual and expected changes in the stance of monetary policy affect broader financial conditions, which in turn affect economic activity, employment, and inflation. Financial conditions have tightened significantly in recent months, and longer-term bond deals have been an important driving factor in this tightening. Do you know what that is, Squirrel? That's inside trader speak. For we haven't decided if we're going to destroy your ability to borrow money. 
to charge on your credit card or make your mortgage payment. We haven't decided if enough people are behind, if the record debt on credit cards is high enough. We haven't decided if homes have been on the market long enough, if prices of the only asset of 80% of Americans has gone down long enough. The inside trading oligarch at the Federal Reserve, he's here to let you know. They're the boss, and you'll sit there and shut up. Where's the Republican congressman? Where's uh, Michael, what's his name? Michael Boast? Where's Boast, you moron? I hope you're at the gym. You're going to keep threatening people. You get your ass handed to you. Pete in Cedar Lake, Indiana. Hey, Sean. First of all, shout out to Sergeant Dino. Uh, Second of all, hey, I wanted to uh, just take a break from all the seriousness. I couldn't uh, pass up the chance to call you about your Edith Bunker reference, so I just wanted to say, stifle it, Edith. <laughs> Was that the best? I usually love how Chicagoans used to sound. Here's this lady again. Listen to this. I'd like to know your opinion on the United States' foreign policy and what is happening in the Middle East right now. Hey, dingbat, get me a beer. Weren't you waiting for that? I know I was. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Love it. Uh, we're too old to cry. You might as well laugh at him. Warren Naperville. Uh, yes, uh, Sean, uh, your show is hilarious as ever. But, you know, I was uh, just thinking about, uh, oh. uh, you know, Muslims for, uh, are coming up a little bit right now. I mean, if you look at Dubai, that's the most expensive real estate in the world. The Saudis have taken over soccer, golf. Yeah. So, I mean, they're and becoming a bit modernized. Warren, you know they're becoming what? a bit modernized. Warren, you want to know something? You gave me a great idea, and I want to thank you for the call. In fact, we'll talk about how that's all a result of American policies that enriched these areas that are now practicing and supporting the kind of racism that has been normalized in our country. We'll do that after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. In Chicago... We've normalized open and notorious bribery, pay to play. It's referred to as clout. And everybody from the guy who drives your car off at the car wash to your lawyer when you're opening a business knows how it operates. The problem is when that spreads nationally to Washington, D.C. That's how you can stop it, by exposing it. There are enough people, I believe, left in this country that want to see the open and notorious pay to play scheme that Democrat mafias have used to destroy great cities great counties and great states come to an end before it destroys a great country. My next guest is putting up a tremendous fight against it. He is the president of Legal Affairs at Landmark Legal Foundation. It's my pleasure to talk to him once again, Michael J. O'Neill. Counselor, how are you? I'm well, Sean. How are you today? Well, I'm aggravated because, uh, you know, you can leave Chicago, as so many people have, but you can't leave America. And the reality is they're taking those tactics of open and notorious bribery, and they've perfected it. And nobody is a better face of that for once in her life than Randy Weingarten, right, who I believe's face launched the inspiration for the dimmer switch. In the meantime, she's ruining my country, isn't she? Well, I tell you what, she is. This is interesting. Despite what the AFT, all, all the mess that teachers unions and Randy Weingarten did, locking schools down, keeping kids out of schools, forcing vaccine mandates on, on kids, 
setting the emotional and scholastic well-being of our children behind by years, setting our country and our children back years, despite all the progress and all the hard work that they've been doing up to that point. Um, interestingly enough, and this isn't related to the, uh, the tax issue, which I was brought on, but interestingly enough, she's serving on a Department of Homeland Security advisory committee. Did you know that, Sean? I did not know that because, you know, the government is beautiful. It's the only place right, where if you exactly. fail, fail enough, you get a promotion. And this is all that she really has ever done. You know, when you look at these areas like mine, my old one, Chicago, you realize we have schools where 5% of the kids can actually read. That's it. Five, five kids oh. out of 100 can read. It gets, it gets better. Let me give you Baltimore. Baltimore, 13 schools. They can go to 13 high schools in Baltimore and not one, one child. Can reach, minimum, can reach minimum basic standards in reading and math. In 13 high schools, the entire population of the high school, they can't find one child who can't reach minimum basic skills in math or, 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 or reading. How about that? And this is an interesting one. This committee, and I, again, I'm, I know I'm not on to talk about it, but it's no, you, it's, brought up, you brought up Randy Weingarten, so it bears discussing. Yeah. There's a Department of Homeland Security uh, Advisory Committee, and you know they, the, the government agencies in D.C. reward their friends and families and friends and allies with choice positions on these so-called commit on these advisory panels and committees and she's serving on a committee that this is going to blow your mind out uh sean uh, that advises the department department of homeland security on school security issues can you believe this this (laughs) is the person who wanted to lock who wanted to keep kids out of schools and when they were back into schools wanted to enforce vaccine mandates on them has taken no accountability has disseminated her any responsibility and now she's serving on a committee that actually advises where the Department, Department of Homeland Security is going to send grants. So she's going to have an influence about where your federal tax dollars are allocated. And the only How's reason that? she has this influence is because she's the head of, a, of an extortion mafia. Right. That if you want to be a teacher, you have to kick in, you have to join. And she runs it as a god, but they've perfected, I'm going to give this political group all the money, and they in turn will give me all the power. And this is how we will keep this mafia running. And they do not care of of the countries and the quality of life and everything that they've destroyed with this open and notorious bribery. They don't care. So is have they maybe made a mistake that we could trip them up on? Well, we we hope so. Uh, again, this is to get in a little bit into some tax law here. But uh, as as you know, that exempt organizations like labor unions have to report their taxes, and their tax returns are publicly available. Unlike ours, you know, at least purportedly, our tax returns are publicly available. <laughs> Believe you me, go on, yours and mine are yeah, out there. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can go on publicly. You can go on online databases, and you can find you can find a union's tax tax return. And you think of the AFT, you think of these big unions, and you think politics, right? You see them everywhere. You see the leadership giving speeches. You see them having the AFT, for example, had a bus tour in 2020 where they went from city to city in battleground states and held political rallies. You see a Twitter feed of, of, the, of the executives of the AFT, and their Twitter feeds are just knocking on doors, advocate, you know, wanting, getting people to vote for Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, all of these, every political activity you can you can throw a stick at and you can, can you can think about it. it's been it's being done well they collect over 200 million dollars in annual dues as again what you were describing earlier and they say on their tax return that of all that 200 million plus in dues not one penny of that is used to finance any of their political activities and we said well how, how, how do you reconcile that how do you reconcile the fact that you're having a bus tour that you're holding political rallies that your your top executives are knocking on doors are mobilizing voters to go vote for kamala harris and every other liberal under the sun 
with the fact that you say you don't spend one cent of dues money on political activities. And we say, IRS, you need to take a look at that. Now, again, I'm under no illusion that the IRS is going to take a look at this under the current regime. However, the work needs to get done today to establish the narrative, hold these unions' feet to the fire, and begin to roll back and at least shine a public light on what is going on here. What I'm shocked at is the American people accepting the level of miseducation, of fraud, the fact that you have these areas where kids can't read, they can't do math. And, you know, in Chicago, it's something when they have the teachers that come out and organize and they talk, the teachers appear to be illiterate as well. But this is the system. And it's funny. I have, I have kids who, who were going to go into this industry. And I said, are you, are, are, you know, are you out of your mind? You know, you're going to go into this industry and you know how it fails and you see before you that the only way you're ever going to really uh, make any money is if you become a part of this situation because we've managed to allow them to enrich the membership of teachers to in Chicago. If you, if you fund it out with uh, the benefits and all the rest of it, the median teacher makes 120 or 119,000 a year. And the, the people of Chicago pay 30,000 per pupil because it is this money laundering scheme. And it's hard to break it apart when you're talking these kind of numbers. They have a, they have a monopoly, a monopoly on this overpayment, exactly. right? And, and, you know, you really put your finger on it. And it, it starts with the schools of education and college. I mean, back in the decades and decades ago, we're talking, this is long-term. I and mean, we know this. The left plays the long game here. They think in terms of decades. We think, in, we might think in terms of, of years. So they, they spent time back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, Marxists, infiltrating these schools of education. They figured, they realized early on, if we can get, if we can inculcate the teachers or these, you know, baby boomers who are going into these schools of education as the schools of educations grew and are become the teachers and inculcate them with this Marxist ideology, they're going to pass it on and it's going to continue in perpetuity. And that's what you're seeing. And it continues to move left, right? You never think of a school of education or a college rolling back into traditional values, teaching classical literature, teaching the classics. It's always moving further and further left. You never hear any of these public education systems actually deciding that they're going to, hey, maybe we should teach back, we should go into rote memorization, we can do other things. It's always the nouveau riche, the nouveau yeah. whatever it is. I read an article today, Sean, which, which blew your mind, that they're, they're thinking of eliminating levels of math. They want to oh. eliminate in jurisdictions. I mean, so okay. So my ninth grade, my ninth grade student. Look, I have two kids. I have one kid on one side who is brilliant, and I have another kid who has some learning problems. So I have I've experienced both. It is unfair to them to have them in the same math class, and I could tell you that as a parent of two children who are on both sides. So to have, but that's what they would do. They would reduce it to everything. Reduce our education system well, to rubble. Do you know, Michael, when you look at the policies, you have to have a, a, a citizenry that is stupid. And when you look at our policies economically, you have to be stupid to continue to go down this path. And, and, and you have to be stupid to not realize the math in all of what we're doing. It's, it's, it's the pathway to destruction. So in one hand, it makes sense that they want to eliminate this. Because if you start raising kids that know how to think, I mean, you know this, how many lawyers read the Federalist Papers? I just played a clip early in the show of Scalia talking about, you know, five, maybe five out of a 5% understand the nuance of exactly what the republic is. So here we are, low these many decades, where you have a stupefied nation, you have stupefied teachers, but you have a massive amount of money. And the funny thing that I never hear talked about is Landmark Legal Foundation was instrumental in school choice, instrumental. Yes, yes and yet, yeah, and, and yet, that is not a, a, a policy across the nation. These Democrat mafia sewers negate all of the rights of the citizens. 
They need to keep the scam alive. So is there a way to, to build upon that success that Landmark Legal Foundation has already had with school choice and at the same time try to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is a syndicate? Right, and that's the true tragedy. The true tragedy is that our kids, look, upper middle class kids can get out of it. Can sometimes, you know, they'll have active parents. They can get out of it. They'll have parents who oversee their education, take an active role in their children's role, education, take them out of it, find private schools, or get to the point where they don't, their kids aren't brainwashed. The true victims here are these kids that are trapped, and this is where really AFT is particularly prominent in inner cities. You're talking lower class oh, kids yeah. that are trapped in these school systems that failed, 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 failed at every, at every turn and are doing a disservice. And as you just said, churning out idioc- idiocracy and specializing in it. So the goal, again, you are seeing some hope. There is, there is greater, there is a large school choice movement in this country. It has held up. The Supreme Court has, has authorized it. You know, the, the, the arguments, again, were it was violation of separation of church and state, and you couldn't have public dollars flowing into private religious schools, because then oftentimes the only schools in some of these cities were private religious schools. Well, that's, that argument's been debunked. So a lot of the legal hurdles now have been, over, have been overcome. It's kind of, a, again, this is a long game. It's not, it's not unlike the abort, you know, finding the reversal of Roe versus Wade. These things take time. So there has been some positive movements in the school choice movement overall. Um, I do think that the legal hurdles are falling, and I think there is some hope. Again, pulling your children out of public schools is not a bad idea in this time. Oh, it's the, it's the only answer, Michael. I changed my mind decades ago, and unfortunately right. I, paid, I paid for private school. It still wasn't the answer. But it's within the, it's within the swindle that I think the hope is. And what I mean by this is how were they allowed to attach the financing of this to real estate in the first place, number one. But number two, mm-hmm. the idea that when you have these mafia towns like Chicago, right, and you, you pay these half-assed, butter-handed gangsters called aldermen who have law firms on the side, you bribe them enough, they lower your taxes, but that money doesn't go poof. That money goes on to commercial real estate, right? So eventually mm-hmm. the snake eats its tail enough, pretends to be a hunter, but it does starve. And you're seeing that in these big cities, whether it's Chicago or New York, commercial is getting killed. Buildings are being abandoned. So ultimately, the math comes into play, right? And then the people have the right to say, "You, these policies have destroyed my house. We are now breaking the ad valorem covenant that the government has with me. You can only charge me taxes on the, on the value of my asset. So mm-hmm. is there a way to maybe attack the, the seed of the problem? Because I don't know how it ever was attached to property taxes in the first place. I don't, I, I know, and that's what I think too. How do you, I mean, other than legislature, legislatures do this, how do you finance school systems? And unfortunately, it has become de facto. Everybody, it's just the, it's just the way that it is. And I, I, that's a fantastic question, and I wish that it might be something worth looking into, it, it, the exact origins. Oh, look at me. I'm like a consultant for Landmark Legal. I, I, mean, I, I actually think that's an interesting idea. I wish I knew an answer. I wish I could give you a more solid answer, but I, I don't have any idea of how, how this all came about. Where the financing for school systems tied to property taxes, and again, here in, in where I live, down in Virginia, or out in Virginia from you guys, we, it, it's exactly right. I live, in a, I live in a suburb of Washington, D.C., and we have significant property taxes, and they flow right into the school system that has over a billion dollars every year to do with what, as they please. And it, it really is a, an unending funnel of money. And we know this. Who controls the money? You control the money. You have the power. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, to create the argument on the side is the benefit uh, to protect the seed of corruption, which is the initial funding of it. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm in the real estate business. 
And I live in, in, in I live in Florida, but Florida has been able to sidestep mm-hmm. unionization of the schools. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. the, you know, DeSantis won a multitude across the board. People who had formerly voted Democrat, but saw that the education system was 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 failing their own children. Mm-hmm. And they, they went and voted for him because he initiated the voucher program, which has been a mass success. And the other side is the real estate is far less taxed. Real estate in Florida, there's three times the value of these shanties. I have I have a shanty still in, in Illinois. My shanty and in Illinois no, pays growing. three times the taxes of my Florida property. You know what I mean? So the math is right. there for us to capitalize on it. And I'm this this almost seems like it could be a Supreme Court argument. Look at what you're doing to the people whose real estate prices are collapsing the fastest. And then when you show the the idea that you pass it to commercial, when commercial could just walk away, take it. Take the property. And that happened in 08. It happened very rapidly, and no one talked about it. I think this time it's going to be bigger. And I think that, you know, maybe there's time to revisit this. Well, Sean, and also, what is the difference between Illinois and Florida? One is a pro-liberty state, and one is a pro-tyranny state. Yep. And I think when you have less government controls, less regu- a less burdensome regulatory regime in place, you have freedom-loving politicians, or freedom-loving elected officials who understand that where capitalism and where humanity flourishes is when there's more freedom and less tyranny, everything grows. And I think you're seeing that. You just encapsulated it with your comparison to one of our state, which is regressing, to another state, which is progressing and growing. And I think it's it's a a good illustration there. You know, we're, 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 we're devolving. And the idea that this has become a political policy to devolve, to hide the fact. Mm-hmm. In Chicago, they eliminate. They want. They want to eliminate testing to a certain extent. We have a mayor right, in Chicago right. who bragged right. that I didn't give tests. And what you see is these teachers who are clearly illiterate. However, when you go in the parking lot, it looks like the auto show. They're all driving eighty thousand dollar Lexus and Infinities. So you've got enough people in on the scam that they don't want it to see it end. So to me, the only way you can do that is appeal to the high court. And and is it possible? to appeal to the high court when you have this kind of institution that is open and notoriously bribing politicians for political policy? I mean, you would have to think, speaking hypothetically, you'd have to think of a cause of action which would buy, again, you're talking about a specific challenge, you know, and then again, whether how, how the funding mechanism works. And again, you, you have to go into the whole, you have to check all the yeah. boxes. You know, you're my second lawyer today to give me bad statutory. news. Yeah. I, I, it's always, but it's always, it's always fun to engage in creative thinking because that's where the best ideas arise from. And you never, yeah. you know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for hearing interesting theories about how to attack the problems that are facing America. And it, there, it's always worth exploring. And let's put it that way. Because, and again, with the, with the interesting point you raised earlier is, and I've never really even thought about it. Where does the 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 property tax funding school systems arise from? Is that a decision that's made at the legislature? Is it the county state? How, how, who makes those decisions and how are those decisions made? Interesting you know, theory to explore. Well, you see people in Chicago who have paid, old, older people who've paid for their house decades ago, and they mm-hmm. literally have to go back to work to pay the taxes. And they're being told that they have to pay it. And you broke that covenant. There's a covenant between the citizen and government. And that covenant is, you cannot tax me more than the value of the asset. 
And we've got these shifty, shady Democrat lawyers who manipulate the judges and get the taxes lowered, but then thrust upon the guys who are employing people. And once again, they all leave. And you've got these deserts of business, and it just destroys the quality of life in these formerly blue-collar neighborhoods. Like you said, those are the ones that are going first. So it reminds me, you got Al Capone on a tax violation. It looks like you're onto something with the American Federation of Teachers violating the tax code. So can you keep me posted on this? Because we'd love to support you. And where can they go? Where can the people go to keep up on sure. your case and support you? Sure. Check out landmarklegal.org, and you can see the complaint we filed with the, the the couple complaint we filed with the Internal Revenue Service and the supplement to that complaint, and a lot of the evidence, pretty much all the evidence we've gathered. You can see examples of the political activities we're talking about, the filings we're talking about, the documents. It's all up on our website, landmarklegal.org. He is Michael J. O'Neill. Thank you for always making time for me. I love the conversation. Looking forward to your victory. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Have a great day. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. Property taxes in the once great city of Chicago or Crook County or Illinois in general. It's like rolling dice with Big Jilly from Guys and Dolls. There are no dots on those dice, Jilly. It's all right. I remember where they are. They tell you what you lose. It's no justification. If you pay the right short-in-the-pants Democrat mafia member, you hire the right law firm, right? Fast Eddie Burke? Not so fast anymore. Or how about the yard gnome, Mike Madigan? Now you get a special dispensation. What do you think Tony Resco paid on property taxes? Nothing. Like Louis Gutierrez, another swindler. Mike and Barrington, how did this all happen with the schools? Hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful. Uh, good. I just one major point here um, that I can in that equation, right? We're supposed to have local rule, and local money is paying most of the taxes for that school district, right? Local rule. Got to be a resident of the district area to run for school board, and that's. Sort of makes a little sense, right? Local rule, local property taxes. But then this past election, a year and a half or two ago, guess who was paying money for candidates for local school board elections in Illinois? Democrats? Teachers? Union? The state of Illinois. Teachers oh, union, Illinois. yes. Oh. But also the state of Illinois, the governor, were I- supporting specific candidates. So there no, goes local rule. It's not local rule anymore, is it? So they violated their own rule, but what are you going to do? It's a mafia town. Here's my other question to you, Mike. When you realize the Department of Education is really only signed into law in 1978, so for all those years before, no Department of Education. Didn't happen. It was a creation of uh, one of the Rockefellers who, who had Nixon in his pocket. He floated the idea, and the dimwitted Jimmy Carter signed it in the law, right? I mean, that's the Department of Education. But my argument has always been this. It is unconstitutional on its face. Why should somebody who doesn't have children, why should a homosexual, why should anybody pay for other people's kids to go to school? How did you now tie where 80% of your property tax bill goes into a mafia school system? that operates on an open and notorious bribery scheme. And they, they bribe, the, the union bribes the politician, and they jack it up. And you've got $30,000 per pupil for the city of Chicago, and that now includes the illegal aliens who have never participated in anything. How in the world is that constitutional? It's a mess. 
It is a, you know where I, we live. It's fascism is what it is. And it's going to take good people in good states to expose it and break it. Now, now Mike and Barrington, I can't even imagine how you've been dragged over the coals. But uh, just be lucky there wasn't somebody in a burqa yelling Aloha snack bar because it was the same treatment. Thank you very much, Mike and Barrington. Appreciate the call. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Here's a guy who exists on tax money. Cream Puff Jim still doesn't know where he was supposed to work. How's that pension kicking? I wait for Sidney Powell to uh, give me a, uh, a letter in the mail. You know, you, I'm glad you brought this up. I wanted to talk yeah, about it. But, 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 but Sidney Powell, what do, you, what do you think her testimony is? She got a slap on her wrist. What, uh, six, months, uh, six years probation and a six thousand dollars you're a pay. Democrat. You know how they flip you mafia members. <laughs> Come on, what are you nuts? They throw everything at the board, right? They drown you in they drown you in legal costs. They make you plead, and then you you know they, they make you make up stories about whoever they want to prosecute. The funny part is, Giuliani is a victim of his own his own his own uh, creation. That's the funny. Yeah, he, he's the one. That, he's the one that dug up this Clarence Darrell in the twentieth oh, century. You want to talk about misusing a law? How many how many people did he bankrupt? How many businesses did he bankrupt? How many lies did he create to get people prosecuted? So, I mean, if you want to have that argument, I'll have it with you. But you're still a Democrat, and you're still part of the problem. You're the boil on the ass of society. In the meantime, what he's referring to is this. Sidney Powell, one of the 19 co-defendants in the Trump election case in Fulton County, pleaded guilty. This is just... Listen to the voice. Pleaded guilty. Now, what she's not telling you is the misuse of law that was brought up that inundated a former prosecutor who was not really rich and threatened to bankrupt her even more. And this was known months ago that she would probably plead out. President Trump won by a landslide. We are going to prove it. And we are going to reclaim the United States of America for the people who vote for freedom. Now she, along with Trump and more than a dozen of his allies, are facing several charges involving racketeering and a handful of felonies related to elections tampering in Georgia. Yeah, but what about the questions of the ballots being dragged out on camera, of the people's same-day registration? What about the Democrat mafia areas that in the dark of night somehow through the election in which Trump was way ahead when they shut off the... You don't want to answer those questions. No, you don't. You shouldn't. Stay on offense. Because now no one's talking about the fact that Joe Biden is not only an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, and the most bribed politician we've ever had in any position, but never won the election. So now what they're going to do is stifle these people and bury them and bankrupt them, whether it's Mike Lindell or Sidney Powell. This is a corrupt banana republic. That's what it is. And the so-called Department of Justice is led by a ferret-faced Chicago Democrat scumbag who's worth $40 million and nobody knows how. Was it his father-in-law? Or was it just more political crime from the Democrat mafia? These are very serious charges because they involve felony counts, including the real possibility of jail time. And that's why she made a plea deal. The lady is, what, 70? 70 years old, she spent the bulk of her life as a federal prosecutor. You don't think she knew the law? Of course she did. She just never thought it would be turned on her. And after all, her, her she violated the biggest opinion. I mean, the biggest problem in a banana republic. She had an opinion. She didn't believe the lie of the Joe Biden administration, who never received 81 million votes, ever. Professor Dale Carpenter is an SMU legal expert who says lawyers like Powell have a special responsibility to the public, especially in maintaining the integrity of the legal and election system in this case. What about Ferret Face Garland? Has he ever explained the $40 million? How did he get it, Squirrel? Was it the father? So he gave him a house, then he paid the rent. 
Who do you pay to rent to? Oh, he paid it to him? That doesn't make sense. How do you imagine this might play out for her? Do you think she might take a plea deal if the charges are as serious as you say? It's entirely possible she could take a plea deal. I'm not sure if she's of a mind to do that right at the moment, but... No, but facing bankruptcy, facing felonies, realizing that right now we have political prisoners, guys who did nothing, who weren't even there. What was it, the one head of the Proud Boy? It wasn't even there! 17 years. Right now you have a judicial system that lets out gang members, Sinaloa cartel members, carjackers, destroy cities. But it'll prosecute you if you protested the most obvious election theft in the world, called the Biden administration. When you're facing the very real prospect of not just the possibility of a charge coming down the pike, but an actual charge that's pending, that tends to concentrate the mind a great deal and she may feel more uh, pressure to do so now. We tried reaching Powell for comment, but her office number was disconnected. Yeah, because she's bankrupt. It's outrageous. It's another example of just how far this country has fallen. It's truly a disgrace. George in Libertyville. Yeah, this whole thing, I mean, you're, you hit it spot on. I mean, they wore this poor lady down, and she, she was actually a prosecutor against Enron for the feds. As well as Merrill Lynch. Did you know that, Sean? Of course I did. Listen, the lady had a storied history. She's a brilliant, brilliant woman. But you can't, listen, this is a government of corruption that has infiltrated. We've got the FBI. Remember you had, what's her name, Uh, Lisa Page, who could eat an apple through a fence, struck side broad. That he's banging into Motel 6 during the day at the FBI. They've got a thousand text messages that they can stop him from taking the office. And none of that means anything. You know, this is this is this is banana republic stuff, brother. That's all it is. It's the worst. And there's a guy that everybody should research called Ivan Raiklin, R-A-I-K-L-I-N. He's got the goods. So, uh, George, did you hear that Latitia, you know, the, the, the prosecutor in New York who looks like a linebacker in drag? Did you ever did you hear what she said today? Oh, it's good stuff. Thank you very much. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here. Is this it? He's called me venomous. He's called me disgraceful. He's called me radical. He's called me a racist. She talking about her psychiatrist? No. And this is only week three. None of his behavior, which can best be described as performative, will change what's happening in the courtroom. But you should see her standing there like a linebacker in drag with her chest out and her chin up. You want to talk about performative. My real question is, how did this idiot graduate law school? Oh, I know how. The courtroom, as you know, uh, where we have submitted evidence, and the evidence is clear. And that is he inflated his statements of financial interests to enrich himself and his family. And nothing will change that. He inflated the property values. You mean like the Cook County commissioner or, or, or the assessor does to the people so they have to pay taxes? Because I got about what? Three million people who are paying inflated costs of taxation on property they cannot sell? Isn't that what you mean by inflated prices? Or do you mean that he made profit like Del Blasio's wife, who can't find $850 million? What are you talking about there, drag queen? Not the attacks on me or anyone. At the end of the day, uh, we are here to seek justice, and we will seek justice. I look forward uh, to seeing Mr. Trump again. I understand that he will be returning next week for Michael Cohen. Um, but we are here to enforce the law, and nothing will change that. No attacks, no words. I will not give in, 
I will not give up. I will only serve justice and enforce the law. Thank you. Can you, can you do me a favor? Can you f- tell me which comedian named you Letitia? Because that's some funny son of a gun there. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. Death to America and butter shots. Don't boil me. I'm still alive. Iraq lobster. Aloha snack bar. Don't hear that. This oh boy, you don't want to hear that the next couple of days. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I think we can pull this together. I'm optimistic. I really, genuinely are. Am. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. he said it. You cheating rat bastard. And by the way, did you know, Squirrel, in the book, I Hear You Paint Houses, written by the Irishman, uh, Teamster President, he brags how they owned the senator from Delaware. In fact, in 1972, he won under very questionable circumstances. You know why? He's a Democrat. Linda, Palos Heights. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Sean. All I want to say is anybody who's laughing at this Sidney Powell uh, indictment today, or whatever you want to call it, that you took a plea deal, the message they're sending to everybody is that if you try and contest an election or go against the Fourth Reich, we will come after you, too. And I think every American citizen should be terrified. Linda, I, I couldn't agree with you more, but do you think that I give a rip what some fat-ass Democrat huckster thinks about anything? You think I give a rip what anybody who voted for Daley or Rahm Emanuel or Brandon Jack? You, you think I care what you think? I know what you are. You're a lying, cheating fraud. Every policy proves it. Jake Hawley goes over this today. To me, I'm sorry. This is, t- this is, this is game over. Mr. Shaw, can I just follow up? I, I didn't understand your answer to the ranking member or to the chairman. Did, did you say, so you do attend dinners with industry leaders where they pay to see you speak? Was that a yes or a no? I didn't, I didn't hear. No, I, I attend many, many events, some of which I'm invited to speak at. Where and they don't pay? They don't pay. And many, many don't pay, and some are like paid conferences and others. But one of the things... Wait, wait I'm sorry, wait, here, wait, that, that was a yes and a no. So let's just go back. Do, do you attend events where people pay to see you I speak? I have attended where people pay to attend the event. Do you think that's a good idea? I think it's important for us to, uh, to meet potential applicants, American innovators and entrepreneurs who want to scale up their technology. Applicants for loan programs? Applicants for uh, DOE funding. Wait, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, th- you think it's a good idea to go to events where people are trying to get federal money and they're paying to see you? They're not paying to see me. I thought you just said you spoke at events where people paid. Not to see me. I mean, I'm, I'm not that important. <laughs> You're the... <laughs> wow. You learn new things every day. You, you are... You, what, what's, what's your title? You're the the director director of what? Of the loan programs office. You're the director of the loan programs for the federal government, Department of Energy. People are 
who want to get loans from the government are paying to see you, and you think that that's fine? It's bribery, like a third world banana republic for all to see. Energy Department, EPA, you name it, this is the scam. You think it's just in the once great city, now sewer Democrat mafia with the short in the pants gang? This is what happens when you give them a promotion. We'll be back in 21 hours to knock their legs out from under them. 